Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This episode of Android Faithful is brought to you by Awesome. The Awesome Privacy Cable gives you much-needed control over when and how your data is shared. Get more info at awesomeprivacy.com slash privacy dash cable. Hello and welcome to Android Faithful. We are your weekly source of Android news, hardware, and apps for the wonderful world of Android. I am Ron Richards. I am Huintuit Dao. And I am Michelle Rahman. And we're here. Welcome. Hey, we're it's back. episode one. We did it. We started. Oh, we, got a, we got an awesome theme song. We got awesome hosts. This, and we've got awesome as a sponsor. So this it's, is. What else? What more do we need? We're we're off to, we're off to the races here. So yeah. So this is episode one of Android Faithful, the the weekly show that is dedicated to all the things that are amazing about Android. And before we get into the show, um, I thought we would first start, and I really think we got to start by just thanking everyone out there on the internet. Um, for those of you who are longtime listeners of our previous show all about Android and those of you who might be new, uh, thanks to the wonderful folks at, at the Daily Tech News Show and that uh, conglomerate of awesome shows. Um, uh, if you're not aware of us, we've been doing this for several years, uh, talking about Android every week, and we love it, and we've been blown away by your support. Um, we announced the show last week. Uh, we launched all of our socials. We launched our Patreon. And I don't know, I don't know about you guys, but I've been blown away by the response. It's, it's, it's been really awesome. Thank you everyone for following us and like following us from our old home to our new home. Like it's, it's been awesome. We have already so many patron patrons. We had so much good love. We had so much sharing. It's, it's not to use the word again, but it, it deserves saying it's awesome, both in the traditional uh, reading of the word and also just freaking great. So, <laughs> yeah, very yeah. cool. So, um, Michelle, yeah. what, what, what has your reaction been to this? <laughs> I mean, I'm like relatively new to like Twit and all about Android. Like I've been on a few shows before I joined as like a regular co-host, like maybe I think six total. And then, you know, my stint of 20 before Rip, all about Android. So, like, I don't have the kind of history that you do, Ron, with the show. Like, I know you've been through so much with been, Twit and all about Android. Like, over a decade, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tw- uh, almost thir- yeah, 13 years of talking about Android with, with Jason Howell and Eileen Rivera and Gina Trapani and Florence Ion and now Huynh and now you, Michelle. It's great. But listen, it's, we, we, it's, it's, it's a blast to see how many people, like, the community that we built and how many people still wanted us to keep going. And honestly, that's really why we're here. Like when we ended all that Android, I was, even I said on the last show, 
we're not going to spin up a new show. And I think that maybe lasted like three or four days before we saw the response. Uh, and both Wynn and I were talking and we're like, we should figure this out, shouldn't we? And so, yeah. 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 I think I posted something like in a chat with Ron, like, um, so is it, too- I-, I forgot when this was. I was like, is it too soon to ask you guys, y'all for like podcast making <laughs> advice? And then it kind of just, I mean, I think the gears was in motion very soon after that. So yeah. It made sense, and y'all have validated <laughs> yep, <laughs> validated so. Ron's change of heart and and my like too sooning on trying and, to start something new. But. And, and we really do appreciate it. So yeah. Um, yeah. So that said, let's get the business stuff out of the way. Hmm. Um, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, go subscribe. We're in Pocket Casts. We're in Spotify. We're even on Apple Podcasts. And yes, we're working on Google Podcasts. We don't know why it's not showing up yet. We've submitted it, but stay tuned. I've been. I've also been overwhelmed by the number of you that want Google Podcasts. So who knew? So there you go. So we're working on it. Um, who knew that a show full of people, you know, geeking out about Android would want their podcast to be on the Android podcast app? Exactly. Who knew? I mean, it's on yeah. Apple Podcasts, so we gotta, we gotta, we gotta, sh- we gotta, we gotta kind of bring up the the other platforms a little bit. Um, yeah. Otherwise, it'd be a little bit weird. We'll so. get there. We'll get there. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, so yeah, so definitely go subscribe if you haven't. If you need to find out where to subscribe, all the links are over on our website at AndroidFaithful.com. So you can check that out. Um, we mentioned support. We're live at patreoncom AndroidFaithful. Thank you to all of our patrons that have already signed up. Um, we've got cool stuff on there. You can get, you know, access to the, uh, you get to pick a news story that we're going to talk about on the show a little bit. So we'll do that. You get access to the discord with the DTNS folks. You get access to an ad free podcast feed and we're going to do cool extras and we've got merch. There's a t-shirt in there, stickers, stuff like that. So, um, uh, you definitely want to check that out and support the show. We thank everyone for that. Um, also head over on social. You can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash Android faithful. Uh, we're on Instagram at instagram.com slash Android faithful podcast. Uh, and because of that, we're also on threads at Android faithful podcast and we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash Android faithful. So go follow us there, whatever your social media platform of choice. Uh, we're going to try to be as active as possible there as we can. Um, so do that. And lastly, the last little bit of business before we get to work, you can email us at contact at Android faithful.com. The thing that we love so much with our last show, was how involved the community was and we really want to continue that so please keep emailing us with your questions and thoughts and things like that so um yeah so that's all the stuff at the top of the show to get out of the way um so what do you say do you guys want to do do a show and talk about the news let's do it let's go i bet you're waiting to see if we had a news bumper we don't (laughs) So we're just going to dive into the news. Um, and again, like we said, we're going to, we're going to, uh, please be patient with us as we're getting the show on its row, on, on its, uh, on its legs and figuring it all out, including showing our video viewers on YouTube and Twitch, um, which we're also live streaming every week on uh, what we're talking about. So our first story, uh, is about the fact that while we've been gone for the last couple of weeks, uh, Android rebranded. Who knew? Uh, and part of that rebrand was, uh, that they decided to up, uh, add an uppercase letter to the Android logo. So, uh, what were you guys thoughts when you first saw this? <laughs> I don't like it, but I'm also old now. I mean, and change is hard. I, I don't know. I, I think I always liked the lowercase a, it felt a little scrappy and also it made most of the letters the same height. Um, uh, and also like the Androids, like the Android buddy is now different, like with, black eyes and is a little more 3d i don't know it changes hard obviously but hey we've rebranded so it should probably be a little more open to it i don't know y'all michelle i feel like it was probably done for more practical reasons it's kind of easier to dress up the 3d droid head in like Mm. various different outfits and that's kind of why you saw like they 
kind of quietly rolled out this new branding at CES earlier this year. Nobody really, they didn't really announce that, hey, this is Android's new branding. They just kind of threw it out there and they had like a bug droid with Android Auto, with Android Automotive and all these other things. So I think it's kind of easier for them to dress up in like different kinds of styles to, you know, talk about their various products. Yeah, so I, I can't say, oh, look, I'm very big. Um, I can't say that I was surprised by this. I, it's just a funny, like, it's always a good moment in time whenever uh, Android does some sort of branding update. I feel like we've been through, there was the little, like, the rounded letters logo for years that we had back in the day. Do you remember mm-hmm. those? And then, you know, yeah. and then we've had this, like, cleaner, lowercase look. Um, and so it's just an evolution. I do think it's interesting, though, that the original, um, if we go back and look at it, the original, or not the original, but the previous Android branding with the little Android head, um, was very kind of flat material designy, oh, whereas point. this one now has got a little more of the shadowing, a little more of the 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 3D edging kind of thing. So, you know, could that be an indicator of where Material U will go? Who knows? You know, but uh, it, it's going to go back to anthropomorphic, or not uh, anthropomorphic, but skeuomorphic. We're going to have like leather stitching. We're going to going to go back to like 2003, 2005. It's going to be all 3D again. Just total. Yeah. This total. Yeah. Just everything's a thing. But yeah. yeah um, yep. Yeah. So we'll. S- Logo, that's what it is. But uh, Google and Android kept on working even while we're gone, while we were gone. And sure enough, uh, Android uh, 14 beta actually arrived today. Uh, so, Michelle, what what uh, what happened with the new version of the beta? So, as you'd expect, this is uh, there's one more beta before the stable release um, later this year. So, we've already reached platform stability with beta three, the previous beta. And what platform stability means is that there's not going to be any more changes to the APIs. So, you know, developers who are working on apps can get started and be rest assured that nothing will change the next release. So, basically, what I'm trying to say is that at this point going forward, there's not going to be anything major significant being added in you know the beta 4 or beta 5 with that being said there are of course going to be some minor changes the most prominent being the new easter egg which i know everyone oh. loves the new easter egg right it's the new you, fun you, little piece of candy to play with you tweeted about that let me let's pull that up there yeah so so tell us about this easter egg uh yeah so the easter egg basically um you know a lot there's a lot of googlers who are big into space simulation games and things like that. And I think they wanted to show their love for those kinds of games in this new Easter egg. So basically you, um, the logo itself is like a riff on the Apollo 14 mission patch. And this Easter egg is basically you flying in a spaceship in space. You just like uh, direct it and you eventually fly around. You might reach a star, you might reach like a planet. It's it's very very nerdy and uh, I can't really I, I don't really know how to describe it like I'm not a space sim enthusiast it, myself but it, it's clearly like a labor of love here. It does have an old school PC vector graphic kind of style like I played all these games on my dad's old like beige uh desktop uh you know uh, um machine back in the early 80s it reminded me of that. So Michelle the key thing is how do you unlock it? How do you actually do it? <laughs> So with most Easter eggs, you typically go into settings, then the about phone page, and then tap on the Android version repeatedly until you see the Android 14 logo pop up. And then all you have to do from there is just tap and hold on the Android 14 logo, and you'll see like the stars start speeding by in the background, and then um, you'll get the little spaceship minigame. Cool. Very cool. So there you go. There you can do it. That's your little Easter egg uh, with, the, with the new beta. But... Um 
Android 14 and beta is all the rage, but also, also while we were gone, while we were down, uh, the July, uh, update rolled out for the, for the pixel, which is pretty good. Um, so it rolled out last week, um, and it, uh, across, uh, pixels from four, from the pixel 4a upwards through the five series, six series, and seven series. Um, and it also included an update to tablets. Um, and then as we also saw today, uh, the pixel fold got the July pixel update. So, uh, did either of you update the, the uh, your pixels with the with the July update yet? And did you notice any uh, fun oh, stuff? Or? Not yet, but I oh. have. We were a little busy today, but I will check it out <laughs> later. Um, yeah, I've been trying to keep my fold um, kind of like low key and just functioning for you know possible talking on the show later. But um, oh, I want to have that to look forward to after the show. Yeah. So uh, actually, speaking of the Fold, um, with Beta 4, they also launched the Beta for the Pixel Fold and the Pixel Tablet. So question for you, Wynn. Are you going to be installing the Android Beta on your Fold? Oh, heck yeah. (laughs) (laughs) In terms of keeping it pristine, I'm more just about any errant dust that might get in things in places that might turn me into Ron uh, Amadio. Uh, But um, (laughs) I think software-wise, we're going to be okay. So I'm I'm definitely going to try. That's one thing I've actually been missing. And for folks that I guess our new, I've been on a Z fold something for the last year. And so I have been missing, you know, being more active in like the pixel betas and stuff like that and actually missing, you know, these kind of drops and and actually getting into like the next version of Android. So I'm back baby. And we're going to be like trying some new software on this thing. So hello. And -hmm. also a little tease for later in the show, because uh, you've got a pixel fold you're going to talk about. I've got Mm -hmm. the pixel tablet we're going to talk about, Mm -hmm. right? And Michelle's also got some fun hardware we're going to talk about. We'll Mm -hmm. save that. Ooh, there's a, those of you watching, you saw him flash it, but uh, it's nothing, (laughs) it's nothing really to get excited about. Nothing at all. Nothing really. So, um, Cool. Well, so yeah, so the world of Android was busy while we were gone. So you got a July update to Android 13 rolled out across all your devices for Pixels, the Pixel update, and Android 14 beta. And we're getting closer to the release of Android 14. So I'm glad that we're back up and running here on the show. So we can really dig into it when that release happens. Just to level set and to revisit our bets, if you had to pick, uh, let's do over under, if you had to pick Android 14 launching before Labor Day or after Labor Day, what would you? What's your bet right now here on July 11th, uh, Michelle? You start. What, what do you think? It's going to be before Labor Day or after Labor Day? Um, it's going to be right around it. Like early September is my guess right now. All right, so you're going to say after Labor Day? Yeah. Okay. All right. When? What are you going to go over or under? I'm going to say after. after. After? Yeah. Just, just, just after. All right. I'm going to say before because here we are with Beta Four and it's July 11th. I feel like we get a month of this and we could see a drop in August or before before Labor Day. Somewhere okay. before. So okay. We should we should have a board or something now. We should have a board with like things like this. Like we need the, some yeah some yeah, a whiteboard yeah, or like something a tally like that. or some yeah. kind of graphic that we yeah. can keep updated and see who's who's winning on on their predictions. <laughs> yeah. So so another thing we love to do on the show is keep track of market share and numbers. Right. That's always yes. fun. And so like when you've got some exciting numbers for us to share, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, we like foldables. We lo- so so I. I think for sure we like foldables. We like any kind of alternate form factors and we like numbers. And because we like both of these things, we were very lucky and couldn't help but talk to y'all on this episode one about a report recently coming out from counterpoint technology market research. That is kind of big news in terms of the foldable world. Basically in Q1, 2023 global foldable shipments grew year over year by 64 
percent to 2.5 million units. That's insane. 64 percent year over year growth, Q1 2023 in foldables. And a lot of this growth was driven by the Chinese market, which even though that market overall saw a start, uh, a smartphone market, you know, drop of 8% over year over year, their foldable market, the Chinese foldable market rose 117% to just in China alone, 108 million units. And it, it's kind of funny because if you are a fan of ours from shows before, you know that we've talked probably about 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 foldables that we can't get here in the US as much as foldables that we can get. And so this is probably not too surprising to see that a lot of the growth in the foldable in these alternate form factors is being driven by the Chinese market. And it right currently it's being led by Huawei, of course. And we, I think we've mentioned in shows past about the Pocket S and of course Oppo with their N2 find and or the N2 flip and the N2 and just the N2. Uh, but, un, but surprisingly Samsung as well. Uh, and that's actually a good graphic there on the right there. Uh, Samsung has also gained quite a bit of share in the Chinese market with their, Chinese variants of the Z Fold 4 and Z Flip 4. And so basically you've got Huawei, Oppo, and Samsung, I mean, I think pretty much equal, really kind of leading the charge of foldables in China. And yeah, I mean, it's just, is 2020, did we call 2023 the year of the foldable or something like that? I've been trying to predict the year of the foldable for several years now, but I do do feel as if 2023 is becoming the year of the foldable between once Google got in the game with Pixel Fold, that legitimized legitimized it. Um, It is funny though, because that report we're looking at, you know, is is teasing or saying with Apple expected to enter the the foldable market in 2025. So So that's the year uh, of the foldable. Yeah, that that will become, it's like like when Serial came out and then that podcasts were just invented right mm-hmm, so exactly. uh, yeah <laughs> i do think we're on the cusp of like a foldable breakthrough in like the mainstream market but it's yeah. not going to be the you know the book style foldable that i think will lead it it's definitely going to be the clamshell in my opinion so like there was a lot of buzz around the moto racer plus like all the reviewers love that device with its big cover screen display and then samsung is also going to be unveiling you know they they already announced that they're going to be unveiling their new foldable devices in seoul uh, later this month, and we're going to see a new clamshell style flip phone and a new book style fold phone. And you know, depending on what Samsung prices those at, and like what kind of trading offers they give, you know, I think those going to be big hits, like the Z Flip Four and Z Flip uh, Z Fold Four were. And yeah, I really think we're about to see foldables like make a huge breakthrough in the market. Could be Can we near the fold. Sorry. No, can we still call them flippables though? I kind of like that. Flippables. Sure, I think flip- I, haven't flip- heard, I haven't heard anyone call them flippables. Really? I think, I think flippable <laughs> is a subcategory of foldable. I yeah. think that's that's where that's where it comes Method. into for sure. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know. And it's funny because I wanted 2023 to be the year of the tablet, but it it, it seems like it might be it might start to become the year of the foldable. Um, but it look, does look like it's growing pretty well. So, um, side note: I just today got a a Razer Plus. Um, I actually got it from my dad because he has still has he does not have a smartphone. He has, what do we call him? A regular, I'll call it a dumb phone. That's rude. A flip, <laughs> regular flip phone. But I thought that the Razer Plus, even though it's kind of a flagship device, would be something that he might like because of large screen, he can keep it folded in its pocket. So if y'all want a review of that, I, I might steal it. I might not give it to him for another couple of weeks. And if y'all want a review of that or just my thoughts on it, um, yeah, let us know. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see how that goes as well. Um, yeah. Give him a debt of flippable. Well, speaking of Samsung, uh, Michelle, you recently had a great piece in Android Central we wanted to kind of spotlight and talk about, um, which has to do with uh, Samsung's maintenance mode. What can you tell us about this? 
Yeah, so maintenance mode is this nifty feature Samsung announced last year that basically lets you hide all of your apps and personal data from you know the people at the repair center. So for example, a lot of times right now, if you were to send your phone into a repair center, they'd need to have access to your device so that they can install apps to you know do some diagnostics on it. But in order to do that, they need access to your PIN or passcode so that they can unlock your device and install stuff onto it. But obviously, you don't want to do that. So a lot of times, like the support center will tell you, factory reset your phone before you send it in. And obviously, that's a huge pain to do because you got to delete all your apps. And then once you get it back, set everything back up. And nobody wants to go through that. I mean, obviously, if you have no choice, you're going to do it. But wouldn't it be better if you could avoid all that by just you know hiding everything during the temporary period where your phone's out of your hands? That's basically what maintenance mode does. And I'm arguing in this article that Google should bring it to their Pixel phones and, you know, potentially also upstream it to the Android open source project so that other manufacturers can implement it too. And I also provide a way that they could implement this, like a like an explanation on um, a potential way we could see it implemented in Pixel phones. And it uses this nifty feature that Google added to test, you know, Android um generic system images, which are basically peer builds of Android. And by using this mechanism, you could actually simulate a factory reset on a device so that um, your device is uh, not really being factory reset, like all your data is still there. But the, when, you're, when the repair center gets your phone, it's as if it's been factory reset. So they can do whatever they want. They can install whatever they want. And then when it's back to you, you can just turn that off and then your phone's back to normal. I, I love how not only do you, do you argue that they should do this, but you give them a way to do it, Michelle, which is great. <laughs> and we've seen Google take good ideas, usually from small developers and not big companies like Samsung, and implement them. But you know, we never know what this might happen. So. It's true. They're yeah. listening. Yeah, it's true. Or at least so, we hope someone, they're now. <laughs> someone in the comments did ask, and I, I, did, this, I did address this in the article. Someone asked, uh, Ken, what about guest mode for when, for when someone wants to borrow your phone for a call? Um, right now, the way Android is set up is that when you boot up your phone, um, you're required to provide the primary user's PIN or passcode in order to unlock it. Like, even if you have three different accounts on your device and you set up a guest profile, when you boot up, you have to unlock the primary user's PIN. I don't know if that's an artificial limitation or if that's because of the way encryption is set up or if that's because of, you know, the way Android is designed, you know, in terms of the users and everything. But that's the way it is right now. So you can try it for yourself. Just reboot your phone and then you'll notice that you're forced to unlock your phone with your primary user's PIN or password. Cool. All right. Well, so it is that time, and we don't have any audio for it yet, but we maybe maybe somebody out in the community is going to want to contribute and help us this, but it is time for the uh, patron news pick. We need a better name for it, too, but uh, uh, already, and we're blown away by this, the fact that we launched and we lost our Patreon, uh, one, of the, uh, one of the things we wanted to offer to our patrons was that to get you in on the conversation and choose an article for us to talk about, uh, or a news item for us to talk about on the show, um, and, and and this uh, first episode's picks, uh, we had three uh, news stories to choose from. Uh, Google Calendar makes event sharing as easy as an image sharing. Uh, the OnePlus V Fold could get a more reasonable name at launch. And Google beta testing new Pixel call screen, possibly with conversational AI. And sure enough, the winner by a landslide by 66, 66% of the vote was Google beta testing the new Pixel call screen with AI. So, when what is this story all about? Well, number one, according to Mike, we need to take two shots now because we mentioned AI. That's a good point. Yes. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So the inaugural, of course, the inaugural patron pick was about AI, but this is actually kind of interesting. So back in, in April, 
Google teased that the pixel call screen, uh, call screen, not screen as in, you know, a rectangle, uh, in your hand, but screening of, you know, suspicious calls, unknown numbers and spam that this particular feature, which of course is part of the pixel call assistant is actually going to get a little bit of an upgrade. Um, there was a tiny upgrade in terms of the, the UI making it a little bit simpler, but what we really care about and what we're really doing the drinking game for is the addition of a multi-step, multi-turn conversational AI. So the idea is probably that they're going to be using their large language, language models, their LLMs, their, their, their chats and their bots and everything just to make the process of, you know, interacting with a, you know, I, I won't say suspicious, but a, a screened call in a more natural way. And so that's basically it. It actually was kind of low key announced back in May in the support forums and it has been rolling out. So if you are using a Pixel 6 or newer Pixel device, you may again start seeing a slightly simplified UI, but more importantly, maybe some AI enhanced, you know, conversation in that Pixel call screen. So that the, and the idea is just to make it quote more natural sounding. Uh, and it, when you're determining who's calling, uh, and why. So there you go. Um, I, and I, I'm kind of really enjoying this because one thing I have missed in Pixel Land is like Pixel Call Assistant. So I haven't used it myself. Do, do either of you use the Pixel Call screen or Pixel Call Assistant in any way? Oh, all the time. And I, oh, yeah. it's, uh, whenever I, I don't recognize a call and it gives me the option to screen it, I hit that because it's just very fun. I think it's very funny to make somebody receive the Pixel Call screening. And recently somebody called, I didn't recognize the number. And, um, and normally they hang up like halfway through the, the robot telling you what it is, but someone went through all the, all the way through it. Then it transcribed their response and they said, what is this even? And then hung up. <laughs> like they just like, <laughs> so I, I feel like the call screening is not something the regular world is ready for yet. Um, because inevitably no one ever, ha- I never actually have a call or stick through it and do that kind of conversation. Um, so I'm curious if this will change that or not. Like if it's, um, if it's, if it's more human sounding, they'll think exactly. it's actually you. So they'll kind yeah. of stick around a little bit longer and try to feel, yep. feel it out. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So we'll see. Michelle, do you use the call screener? I did a lot when I uh, daily drove my Pixel 6 Pro, but you know, since I've been swapping around phones a lot and none of them are pixels, unfortunately I've missed that feature. Yep. All right, cool. All right, well, that was our very first patron news pick. So thank you very much. And and we're going to post that every Monday on Patreon. So you patrons can look out for it every Monday, like around noon Eastern, uh, about 24 hours before we start planning the show. So that way we can get the vote in and pick it on Tuesdays when we record. So you can only do that by signing up at patreon.com slash Android Faithful. So please do that. Um, excellent. So with that, uh, we are going to take a break and we are going to thank our very first sponsor, because this episode of Android Faithful is brought to you by Awesome and the Awesome Privacy Cable. And listen, I can't say enough nice things about the folks about Awesome. They 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 saw we were launching the show and they said we want to be a part of it. And uh, we couldn't be more excited about, about that. We couldn't be more excited about uh, the privacy cable. Um, and if you haven't seen this yet... The awesome privacy cable basically gives you much needed control over when and how your data is shared. Uh, it's got a built-in switch that cuts off the USB pins that deliver USB data. So there's no software wall that could get broken into. And it's just a simple and straightforward air, air gap. Uh, they've got an LED that flashes when data may be trans- transmitted when the switch is enabled, giving you an early heads up when a connected device is doing more than you expect. Uh, and what's even cooler is that I've got it right here. It comes in this awesome nifty box. Uh, 
And you know how when you get a new cable and there's some kind of cheap feeling ones and then they're the nice threaded ones that really feel durable? Well, sure enough, this is that high build quality, really nice threaded cable around it. And the, uh, the, the switch to block data is clear and it feels strong. It doesn't feel flimsy. Uh, this really feels like high quality build materials, which is fantastic. Um, and so if you are worried about protecting your data when you're using, when you're plugging in your device to charge it, worried about whether, you know, if you're in on an Uber and you want to charge your phone or, you know, or other various kind of scenarios, this is a great way to protect yourself because it really mitigates against the vector of hypothetical juice jacking attacks at the FBI and FCC have warned about. Um, and it's important to note that these attacks have never been observed in the wild yet. But if you're worried and carry sensitive or highly valuable data, it's an added layer of protection uh, to have for the future. Uh, and as I mentioned, it's got that durable design, abrasion-resistant braided nylon sleeve, and adenized aluminum end caps. And the switch was, was designed to feel satisfying and tactile. And you know how much I love my tactileness. Uh, it's like snapping in the Pixel tablet into the dock. Flipping that switch feels really good and knows that you're protecting your data. Uh, so it's got up to 60-watt charging speeds um, and data speeds. Uh, and what's even better is now you can get all that data privacy protection for just $30. And it's on sale during Amazon Prime Day, uh, which is happening currently right now on Amazon today and tomorrow. Uh, you can get it for just, uh, you can get it for 20% off on Amazon.com. So check it out. Get more information at awesomeprivacy.com slash privacy dash cable. And we thank Awesome for supporting Android Faithful and for keeping our data safe. Uh, thank you so much. Awesome. You're, you're, you know, you're awesome. I wonder if they get tired of hearing that, but they, they, who, who would get tired of being so awesome? So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, cool. So, uh, that said, we are going to get into our hardware block, uh, where we're going to talk about exciting things. And Michelle, you have got a first look at the new hotness, don't you? Yeah, it's not awesome, but it's not nothing either. It's the new <laughs> nothing phone too. So I don't know if you saw the launch announcement earlier today. Sorry, it's kind of reflecting a bit yeah. right now. It's very reflective, as you can tell. <laughs> um, you know, the company that launched the Nothing Phone 1, the Nothing Buds, and the Nothing Buds 2 um, is back again with a new smartphone, this time a flagship device. Well, flagship specs in a lot of ways, not flagship price. The new Nothing Phone 2 starts at 599 in 8 gigs and 128 gig storage. And it has the Snapdragon 8 Plus Gen 1, 6.7-inch uh, Full HD uh, 120 hertz variable refresh rate display. So it has a lot of things going for it spec wise. You know, there's, um, I, I've had the device for a little over two weeks now, although because the full review embargo hasn't lifted yet, there's a lot I'm not allowed to talk about. But I can tell you about, you know, the design and general new features in Nothing OS 2.0. So, like, you can tell just right off the bat, this thing is very visually distinctive. There's no other phone that looks quite like it. In fact, like, you know, D-Brand, they started selling their something skin. So if you want to make your phone look like a nothing phone, you could slap a something skin onto it. Like, it, I'm not kidding. It's it's pretty smart. They're, they're pretty clever over there at D-Brand. But yeah, um, this is the kind of phone that I, one of the few phones I don't want to slap a case onto just because of how good it looks. Like, uh, unfortunately, the one downside for me is that it does feel a bit slippery because it's not like matte. It's like a matte. It's not a matte back coating, so uh, there's not a lot of grip to it. But still, I really love how it looks. And uh, yeah, the Glyph interface. I can't really tell you if I'm going to be using it a whole lot. Uh, the Glyph, by the way, are those LEDs that light up on the back. 
Um, they do things like they can alert you whenever there's a notification. Um, you can create your own ringtone as you're showing it there, like the Glyph Composer. It's, it seems like when Nothing Phone 1 came out and we're like, oh, there are lights on the back of it. Cool. What do they do? And we're like, oh, it doesn't do much. It just lights up, whatever. It seems like now they're really leaning into it, right, with what, what it can do because now you can customize it. You can set your own patterns. You can attach it to – like it, this seems like to be delivering on the potential of the, the Phone 1 that we had hoped that the Glyph would provide. Is that right? Yeah. Or? Yeah, they've certainly done some interesting things with it. Like um, one of the things they announced is the ability to track your ride. Like so, like say if you hailed an Uber and you're waiting for it to arrive, it can start like a little countdown on the back. Um, like this, I don't know if you can see it. This LED strip. Uh, yep. Right here, that's like counting down. You like uh, yeah, see the, it'll the like top, slowly the, start counting down. The upper the the gl- the circle of the glyph, the upper right one by yeah. the camera. Yeah. 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 That one will start yeah. counting down. Like so, like if you just put your phone face down and like it'll count down as your uber starts to arrive and the way it works like it is actually just pulling the information from the uber notification so like uber is i mean uh, nothing has done a lot to basically make their feature work with a lot more scenarios than what you might use your phone of course like you can't fully customize it to the extent you can hook it into whatever app and service you want because that would require them providing an api and developers supporting it through an api but uh you know they're doing their best they've certainly expanded what you can do with it and um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to see how Nothing OS 2.0 or Nothing OS evolves with 3.0 and on. Cool. So specs wise, it seems pretty competitive, and for the price at 599 of like of a, 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 a good value of the uh, as a flagship, like it seems like all the specs improved over Phone One, right? Oh yeah, certainly. Yeah. Especially the processor, the display. Like at 599, having an LTPO, which is what allows for that you know, 1 to 120 hertz refresh rate, that's that's a pretty crazy deal. Like, yeah. you won't find a lot of phones at this price range that have an LTPO uh, display. Yeah. Cool. So, first look, thumbs up, thumbs down, Michelle? What do you think of it? Is it, I know it's, we're not, we're doing a review, but are you are you excited for it or, or dismayed by it? Yeah, I give it a cool. thumbs up. All right, excellent. Very good. So Nothing Phone 2, I, I'm excited. I want to get my hands on it. I think it's really cool. I was talking to a friend of mine who is looking to replace his Pixel 3a, and he's like, I don't know. This is this looks like it's, it's scratching my itch. So we'll see if it does that or not. So, um, All right. So that's not the only new hardware hotness that we got. Uh, Huynh, you got a new toy, didn't you? I do. I have the Pixel Fold. I've had it for about six days. Um, and again, so just to mention... Before, I've been using a Z Fold 4 or a Z Fold for about a year. Um, I had the Z Fold 3 uh, before. I did have a Pixel 6. I, I was, especially as an Android developer, um, the Pixel is probably, I think, the most, um, it, it's probably the most useful device to have. I mean, it, you need to test on everything. But p- the Pixel, again, given that it's a Google device, given that it has all of these, like, drops and, and is stock Android, it generally has become, I guess, the phone of choice for Android developers. So when it went crashing under my sister's... Oh, sorry. Let's do. Oh, my 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 workout timer started. I should be doing Tabata right now. Um, sorry about that. <laughs> Nothing like a live show, right? Nothing like a live show. Anyway, um, yeah. So when my Pixel Six went crashing on my sister's ceramic floor, I actually used AZ Fold Three that I had gotten at a Google event, and I have basically been a foldable convert for a year. So that being said, I am not going to sit here and convince you all that you should buy an eighteen hundred dollar phone. It's that's just not what I'm going to do um, because it is an expensive phone. And and the only thing I can say is like, if you are going to buy an $1,800 smartphone that folds, Pixel fold is, fold is a dang 
dang, dang compelling device. So am I, am I liking this phone? I'm just going to tell you straight up. I love this phone a lot right now. Um, I, I've been extremely happy as a Z Fold 4 user, but I think anything, every, every part where the Z Fold 4 has not been a great experience for me, the Pixel Fold has been able to kind of address that. So, I mean, first off, just looking at the foldable, the front screen is usable. So I've been using the Z Fold 4 for a long time. I love this device. I was kind of sad to give it up because it's been very good to me. But as many people who are even Z Fold fans will say, this screen, this narrow screen is pretty much for most people unusable. Like typing on this is, I mean, maybe it's maybe I got big thumbs, but the typing on this is just not really functional. Usually I use this for like boarding passes to answer calls. I have... I have missed using a regular candy bar size screen. <laughs> and I actually do, I think it's been like 30% of my time using the front screen, which is kind of remarkable, you know, for a foldable phone. So I think th- number one, that is like the biggest thing is that if you want something that is, you know, a, a bridge between a regular candy bar phone and a foldable phone, this is it. This screen is, enti- is ex- extremely usable. And I mean, I think also is that you get the benefit of the pixel experience, obviously. So yep. whatever what that may have you all the pixel feature, um, all the pixel feature, feature drops, all those like little, little niceties and, you know, stock ish Android. That being said though, it is interesting because I think for me, the thing that has really sold me on foldables is productivity. So I have actually found myself using a foldable, whether it's the Z Fold 4 or the Pixel Fold, more than I use my laptop. I, I mean, I'm a I'm an engineer. I'm a gamer. I pretty much like am glued to a. I was glued to a computer for like the first 39, 38 years of my life. Or no, that's not true. Like or 20 something years. I've been glued to a laptop. I have been using both of these phones in place of pretty much most of my day to day computing. So. Um, I think that's a compelling part about, about foldables is kind of like that ability to kind of replace a laptop. That being said, I think that, you know, productivity is a very like compelling use case for foldables. I will say though, that I am missing parts of one UI, which is absolutely devastating for me to say, because as a developer, I used to just like rag on one UI all the time. But the thing about one UI is that it is meant for power users. It's, it's highly customizable. It's got all kinds of shortcuts, all kinds of like little, you know, additions that make you make make a power user super powerful. This is a Pixel device. It's using the Pixel experience. So it's it's a little bit of more stock, right? There 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 are kind of like some productivity things, but not really in the software. But in the hardware is where the productivity begins. So I think that's really interesting. If you are someone who loves Samsung, who is a power user, who who likes all of your little kind of customizations and shortcuts and everything, you might miss it on this phone from the software side. That being said, there is so much compelling about the form factor of this because the Z Fold 4, the inner screen is six by five, which basically is square. So that's still a portrait mode. That's ba- it's basically like a, a note on speed. The Pixel Fold, when you open it up, is a tablet. It's a landscape. It's a it's a landscape aspect ratio, and it might even remind you of a Nexus Seven. Let me turn it back on so you can actually see it. So I think <laughs> the real promise of the Pixel Fold is that it is a tablet when you open it up. It's not just like a really wide note or anything like that, it is a tablet that sits in your pocket. And it's a tablet that lives with a regular sized phone. And that's been the most amazing thing is to actually open this up and have a proper landscape experience. Um, that does mean I have to use a split keyboard. And thank goodness Gboard added the split keyboard in the last year because I wouldn't be able to type without it um, because it's real wide. Thumbs don't quite reach. But I think 
this is the pixel it makes an excellent use case for all those things in 12l all those like all those little tablet features that google's been telling us about for a year and a half they were like oh yeah yeah that's nice they come alive on the pixel fold like i wish i had taken screens caps like Look at, you know, think apps that people have already mentioned, Google Weather, look at Calendar, and you can kind of see the potential and the full power of using large screen features on the Pixel Fold. Like, just this wonderful actual landscape screen is freaking awesome. Um, and I love it. Like, it it feels great to use. I don't, I'm not a person that cares about bezels. So I really don't care about the bezels. Um, I mean, and the fact that the camera, the inner camera here is in the bezel means that, you know, it doesn't have a really kind of uh, muted, kind of slightly fuzzy uh, inner inner camera. It has a very clear, still like, you know, in a f- selfie front facing camera, but it's a, m- a lot better. I actually, I do have photos, a couple, I t- to take a couple photos. Um, I will say that the, it is nice that this device does have a proper interfacing camera that is not um, un- under display, pinhole under display camera. Um, that's pretty awesome. But I mean, yeah, the software, the software side of it, I think really shines on the pixel um, rather other than the one UI. I think apps shine like really, really well-tuned large screen device like devices or apps rather shine on this device. Um, and then, yeah, so like, I mean, there's a lot of things. People have already talked a lot about the Pixel Fold. Like, I know there's questions about durability. I know I kind of lampshaded like Ron Amadio's article where he had an issue with, you know, some dirt or some kind of like debris getting in between, you know, the gap between the screen protector and the cover and it cracking after four days. I have to admit, I've been very careful because of that review. Um, so, yeah, but I think otherwise... Um, I think I, I it's, it feels fine so far. And I think I did hear actually that the hinge is aluminum, which I guess may again question the durability, but I will say something that this is significantly lighter than this. Like I'm a rower. Well, I'm not a really a rower. I'm not like, I don't do crew, but I have a rower. And it's really funny because every single time I would try to like prop this up on the rower, it's, it's heavy and durable after like the fourth iteration of this, it's heavy and durable, but it tends to just catapult off the rower when I'm like pulling really hard. I actually was able to row with this and it is light and it is thin enough that it, it kind of fits sort of regular smartphone holders, but I think it's the advantage. Um, you know, there's other things like I know a lot has been made about the whole fold and flat thing. And yes, it's true. It doesn't quite fold all the way. It doesn't snap into place like the Z fold four, but I use this case in the Z Fold 4. My phone does not sit flat. Um, and for, I guess, folks that are only audio only, I use a Samsung Z Fold 4 case that has a silicone handle on it. So it doesn't lie flat anyway. That's just not how I personally use it. So while I do notice it, um, it doesn't really bother me. And maybe if you're the kind of person who uses it more like a book um, or holds it like a book, it doesn't it shouldn't bother you. There's a couple other things. Battery life is not great. Um, I mean, watching movies at full screen brightness with the inner screen unfolded and playing my favorite mobile game Polytopia, I maybe got like four, four and a half hours of super active time. So that's a thing, but it's a foldable 4,800 million battery. Um, it does run a little hot occasionally. A friend of mine who has one mentioned this and I do notice it, but not all the time. I think when it's just using the radio slash network a lot, it is running a little hot. I'm not sure why it did kind of throttle at one point, but I was in my car and it's 90 degrees out here in Denver. It was in the oh. sun. So that probably has something to do with it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I unabashedly love this. I think that there is something to be said. I don't think, I don't think it's necessarily better than Z Fold Four. It's just different. And whatever again, again, whatever failings or disadvantages the Z Fold Four has, 
are kind of complemented or are, are what makes the, the, the pixel shine. Um, and I, I'm going to have a hard time when that pixel, when that Z fold five comes out, not wanting to get that too and seeing how <laughs> that feels. But yeah, I, I, if you're in, if you're in the market for a foldable and you want something that's really like a tablet, like really like a tablet that can fit in your pocket and that's usable as also as a candy bar phone hmm. for a first gen device, it's pretty dang good, y'all. It's pretty dang good. So, when to add to that, the uh, the hinge is actually heavy duty stainless steel. It so, is I, okay. So yeah. I thought I saw a breakdown yeah. that said it was aluminum, but okay, yeah. so it is stainless steel. I thought so, someone yeah. said aluminum somewhere, but that yeah, yeah. it's so, still very light. Yeah, well, yeah. it's it's so great to hear you enjoying it because, like, honestly, like, first off, I like I love the fact that it exists. I love the fact that Google is embracing foldable and trying to show how it's done. I hate the price tag. I think yeah. it is. That, I mean, it is like that is a, a pricey, pricey device. But after hearing your review, and actually, I'll give credit to a friend of the show, Michael Fisher, uh, Mr. Mobile. Uh, his review was great. And I feel like he summed it up really well in that like, oh, it's a digital Moleskine, right? It's a little yeah. digital notebook that you carry yeah. around with yourself and stuff like that. And like, once you think about it that way, then it kind of even clicked even more for me in terms of how you could use it. And and, and hearing you talk about how the um, it's a productivity device, I just think is even more fascinating. Um, and so like, I'm really, really intrigued by it. I just wish it was like sub $1,000. Yeah. So. I also, um, I'll give you two tips. Number one, if you buy a Pixel Fold, do not get the case mate plastic case that is on the Google store. It's awful i bought it it actually has a plastic hinge that covers this it makes just the awful like whenever you open it it's three pieces one for the left right in the middle don't buy it that middle piece just like creaks and cracks and it's just absolutely awful um d brand is coming out with some kind of cool case for it i don't have it yet but it has like a little kickstand or whatever um and yeah that's pretty much it don't get the case mate get some kind of case for it um and if hey anyone listening if you want to make like a pixel fold case that has this like nice silicone handle so that i can walk around and worry that I'm not going to drop this again, very expensive phone. Um, please send me, I will review it. I would love to have <laughs> like this. Um, but yeah, yeah I, I, I really love this phone a lot. Cool. Uh, and devs do better. Like if there's any kind of app scaling issue, it's, it's really, it's re- blame us, honestly, blame devs. It, yeah. If you have any app scaling, it's going to show up more on this device because it's, it's, it is a landscape device. Okay. I'm going to shut up now, but yeah, freaking Great. A, this is awesome. I so love thumbs it. up for the pixel phone. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Two thumbs- Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Cool. Well, uh... 
even though it's our first episode, old habits die hard and we are running long. <laughs> um, but I had planned to talk about my new Pixel tablet. Um, and I think this might be a little more of a tease and I might kick it to next week and we might do it next week. But um, when I know a couple of weeks ago you got in the Pixel tablet and you had a very rough time with it, um, I will say that I didn't have as rough of a time with it as you did. Um, but just a quick kind of quick preview of it. And there's a great picture of my kids if you're watching on the video. Um, uh, I think it's great. I love the Pixel tablet. Like I said earlier, like I'm a tablet, I'm pro tablets. Um, I really wanted this year to be the year of the tablet and with, with, uh, all the work that Android's done on the operating system to support large, large screens and large devices. Um, I will say I have a Lenovo tablet, uh, that I've been using, you know, mainly as a book reading and media device. And while I like that device a lot, it never felt comfortable. And the Pixel tablet feels comfortable in a way because I'm also using the Pixel. I feel like a, a, uh, uniformity in UI and, and an experience. Um, and so I've been really in the early, you know, I just got it last or a week and a half ago or so. Um, and honestly, I really haven't had that much time to put it through its paces because we've been getting the show ready. Um, but, uh, just off the bat, I've been really impressed about how comfortable I feel using it. Um, even though it's not exactly like using the phone, but using it with a tablet is slightly different, but it still feels like, you know, like it's not as foreign as the Lenovo using just kind of AOSP, AOSP, um, and their own little touches and things like that. I will echo when what you said about the pixel fold. Um, I did not get the case that Google sells for it, despite the cool little metal ring to snap into the dock. Um, instead I got this, uh, spec case, um, which basically gives me a little portfolio and it just kind of snaps in here. It uses the magnet in there and it, uh, snaps in and gives you a little bit of that because it gives me the cover, the front cover protection. Uh, the, the Google case that they come with it, the screen is just open out there. And for me, I want to throw this in my backpack and bring it on the train or bring it on the plane or wherever I'm going. I wanted that little extra level of protection. So, um, I'll go more in depth on a deeper review, uh, in, in next, maybe next week or depending on our, how much we have to talk about. But, um, so far for me, the pixel tablet got a thumbs up. So, which is, you know, hard to believe given the mark for Google that I've already established that I am over the years, but, uh, yeah. So, <laughs> so thumbs up for thumbs up for nothing phone too. thumbs up for pixel fold and thumbs up for pixel tablet. We're off, to, we're off to a good start. So. Yeah. Maybe we're just in a good mood cause we got a brand new show, but yeah. I don't know. I, I, I just think we, maybe we just hit it off with three really good pieces of hardware to start. So maybe. So, uh, so tune in next week for more thoughts on pixel tablet and, uh, yes, wild West Dan in the chat. That's how I am teasing you to come along for next week to, to join us. <laughs> Um, but, and the thing is, is that it's so funny because on our old show, we really wrestled with, uh, this, uh, talking about apps because over the years, uh, so many, it it became just kind of like, what is Google doing today? Or like what new kind of version of whatever Google app there is out there. And we saw less and less and less of an impact of other apps really changing the game. But sure enough, in the past couple of weeks while we've been doing it, an app emerged. And so I felt like it was necessary that we should have a dedicated app section to talk about apps. So here we are. Yeah. And that app is, of course, the one that's getting everybody all excited. Threads from yes. Meta. Yes. It's so funny because I um, I think Threads launched the day before we announced the show. So it all kind of fit together. Um, and of course, so if, if you happen to not know what Threads is, you could... You could simply say that Threads is the Instagram slash Meta, Meta made Twitter killer, possibly. So it is a social, it is a platform for sharing text, for sharing images, for sharing media that is extremely Twitter like. 
it is again uh, made by the team at Meta who works on Instagram. And it is in fact incredibly closely tied to Instagram. That's kind of how I came across it. Instagram was just yelling at me like, hey, this person has joined Threads. And I honestly did not know what Threads was until clicking on that link. So yes, in Instagram, uh, or rather thread signup is done through your Instagram account. You can very easily basically port over your Instagram profile and actually any existing settings from Instagram into threads. You do, you, I think you share the same uh, handle. You're yeah. again, like I said, the, the, your profile is ported, your privacy settings are ported. Although, if, although they do have two distinct settings, you can have separate privacy settings for Instagram versus threads. But for that initial kind of sign up, it is, is kind of basically like using your Instagram profile as and, a starter. And an important note there is that like basically if you have an Instagram account and you have a Threads account, whether you want one or not, and if you don't want a th- Threads account, you have to say goodbye to your Instagram account. Yeah, if you, right. you can only delete Threads by deleting Instagram. So that is something that I didn't know. Everybody, um, everybody's loving. Like it's so funny. I'm loving. I'm loving the embracing of Threads because the land rush that's been around Threads is like we. Ha- I personally, I haven't felt like this way for a social network for like many, many years, like five plus years in terms of like everybody feeling they need to jump on it. But I also love the the duality of it and the second thinking of it in that everybody loves to say they're getting rid of Facebook and decry Facebook for what they did in the election or they don't trust Zuckerberg or whatever it is. But Instagram, we love Instagram. And now Instagram makes this new app and we love this and we're just ignoring our hatred for Facebook. It's just such a, it's, a, it's so it's, contradictory. It's, <laughs> There's... I, yeah, go ahead, Michelle. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I do think Threads, out of all the so-called Twitter clones, has the most potential to actually overtake Twitter. But there's one thing I'm a little concerned about, and it's like when the Instagram head said that, oh, we don't want Threads to focus on politics or real-time news. That got me thinking, you know, you know, yeah. despite, you know, everyone says they hate the political aspect of Twitter, they hate doom scrolling, but yeah. you know, why does doom scrolling exist? People love to, people would love to hate doing it. Well, it, and it's people funny. Doom you, scroll. And it's funny you say that Michelle, because like the, the whole approach with threads and, and actually when we're going to get into the developer point of view on this, cause which is what, what we want to talk about. But what I do think interesting is that the algorithm is extremely frustrating because you, it can be frustrating because I, you want that chronological Twitter kind of like uh, um, timeline, but really what this feels like to me is a little more Tumblr-y, if you remember Tumblr, in that it's very ephemeral pieces of content, whether text or visual or links and conversation around it that showed up in a feed. Like Threads feels more to me like Tumblr than it does Twitter at times. Um, so I don't know if you guys picked up on that either, but, uh, you know. It, it, well, it, it's weird because that also makes me think of like Mastodon and kind of the other Fediverse things that we've yeah. been trying to interim and something to note also. And again, I'm, I'm not a Fediverse expert at all, but that something, something that the Instagram team really has spoken of and their goal is ultimately to have threads kind of work across the Fediverse. So it, it's really interesting. It, it, it feels like they're really trying to address the issues people have with Twitter. So as you said, like, you know, trying to stay away from politics and negativity, which I also agree with you. Like I, I, not to get into anything, but like, isn't that also kind of what Twitter was good for in, in I mean, or at least yeah. what we use it for, for good or for evil. Um, but yeah, the, the ultimate goal is to have um, it work across the Fediverse, which I think is interesting because it, it's kind of the promise of, hey, like if you are on threads, you can be, you can communicate and like kind of integrate with, you know, platforms that are not 
threads, which is great. And especially as we just launched a new podcast and had to like, you know, <laughs> post across several different, you know, social media networks, that is interesting and promising as well. And it feels like they are trying to get to the zeitgeist of where we're at now with whatever the next thing that isn't Twitter is going to be. I do find it interesting that, as you said, Ron, I not the biggest fan of meta as a company, but I still have a soft spot for Instagram. And, and I think if it wasn't for the particular situation that we're in with Twitter, with everything else that we're doing, a lot of these things, like the fact that it's tied to Instagram is really icky. And the fact that they're celebrating 10 million times the first day, I was like, yeah, because you heard you're building up the back of Instagram. I'll I'll give them credit for it. I'll give them credit that, 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 that that the the launch of this has been genius, right? Because, because what you had was you had instant audience in the millions because you have such a strong install base with Instagram. And I did read an article that was, uh, that was saying how it was basically, uh, there was discussion whether threads stays inside the Instagram app or its own app and what the risks are between the two. But like this tying to your Instagram account and easily migration and launching. And Michelle, the the point you made comparing it to blue sky, like on day one, I saw people complaining about the product, the threads product itself. And it seemed like they were talking about the feeds and the algorithm. And that was all stuff. Blue sky does better. But Blue Sky doesn't have the Instagram audience and you still, and they're still invite only. They're making it hard to join, which is, you know, kind of mistaken. Uh, you know, could be a mistake at this point in time. But, um, the, the, seeing the meteoric rise of threads in this way was just like mind blowing and a real moment in time to see an app go from zero to 11 million users, 40 million users in less than two days or whatever it was, you know. It's, and, it's and the cool thing. They actually really capitalized on like, you know, in the, in the, the height of the Twitter, you know, the controversy with them, um, yeah. rate limiting people, right? So Threads was originally, they were, they like, they had this in-app announcement in Instagram saying, we're going to launch on Friday morning. But then like all of a sudden they, they, they pushed it forward two days and they said, we're going to launch Wednesday evening. Yeah. So like, like people heard, like a lot of people were posting, you know, now's a good time for Meta to launch your app. You know, what are you waiting for? And it seems like they really heard that feedback, and they said, yeah. "We're pulling the we're pulling the plug now. We're doing this right now." Yeah, so give give them credit there, bravo there. But so so uh, so, Hinn, tell us about the developer side of this, though. Okay, so something really interesting is, and this surprised me, is that you know, for for those for friends who, who friends who've been with us for a bit. Y'all might know that I love a thing called Jetpack Compose, which is the modern toolkit for Android. Go ahead and have your drink now. And what's super fascinating is that, um, you know, the Instagram app itself is, I think, I'm not 100% sure, but as I understand it, there is some React Native, there's some, like, Android Native, but it's, it's kind of a mix of things. So what's really cool is that Threads is written in Jetpack Compose, and there was actually one of the Android team up on Threads, of course, kind of, you know, discussing, you know, that that they use Compose for this thing, which makes a lot of sense. It is the modern Android toolkit. And, I mean, from my experience, it is like a high productivity toolkit, which kind of makes sense because they probably threw this together pretty fast. Um, Not saying not that's not a pejorative at all. Um, So it was really great to see that, yeah, they're using Jetpack Compose and um, drink. It just, it just makes a lot of sense. Um, I mean, the apps, I mean, as someone who works at a huge company, there's still a lot of work to do. But I think for, you know, something that is super ambitious, that is getting a, so many eye, eyeballs, that is a such a high user app, I think they did a very laudable job um, releasing, uh, especially with Compose, which is, it's only been, it's only like, I've only been using it in production for like two years. So I can only give them props uh, and just wish them continued success and successful yeah. bug fixes. Um, and by the way, if you are using threads uh, on, well, you have to use it on apps. There's no web interface for now. So you're using it either on your Android or iOS device. 
on Android, there is a beta program. So if you like living on the edge and you want those new threads features as this, you know, hardworking team is rolling them out, uh, you can sign up. All of the usual caveats when signing up for beta um, apply. But hey, you know, they're trying to be cutting edge here. And of course, as this, as this platform is growing and changing and doing all kinds of stuff before our eyes, if you feel brave, sign up for that beta. I sure did. So. Yeah, why not? Why wouldn't you? Um, and <laughs> and props to them also for making it federated. Like like they're making this th- threads will be accessible with ma- within Mastodon or with other you know, kind of decentralized kind of things. So like embracing that side of the argument too, which is you know good there. So um, yeah, it's neat. I threads. I mean, over seventy million users in two days. I already can't keep up with the dang app. So um, <laughs> also mental note: don't launch a new podcast the same day as a major social network launches because uh, we had we we had to scramble and launch our Android Faithful Threads account. <laughs> it was pretty uh, pretty challenging. And, so. and figure out how it works and figure out posting and, and finding, yeah. like, I found, like, a bug about, like, how to... Anyway, yeah, it was yeah. a lot, but it was yeah. fun. Exactly. All right. Well, so, uh, yeah, so that's a, some big apps news that we wanted to get in about Threads. Um, and so with that, uh, we're at the end of our show, everybody. Uh, normally, at the, normally after we talk about news, hardware, and apps, we like to hear from you, the audience. So make sure, please, uh, that you start getting in touch with us. You can email us at contact at androidfaithful.com, and we want to hear from you. We want to answer your questions. We want to get your POV. Do you have a Pixel Fold? Do you have a Pixel Tablet? Do you like nothing? Do you like threads? Do you like anything? Email us and let us know because um, we definitely want to hear from you. Uh, so please get a part, of, get in on the action. Um, so yeah, love it. All right. So with that, uh, let's wind down. Michelle, it's always awesome to have you on the show. We love you, Michelle. Um, where can people find you on the internet uh, if they need to or want to? <laughs> Uh, so there's, I know there's a million different social media sites now, but on most of them, you'll find me at Michelle Rahman. Um, but on Threads specifically, you're going to have to add an underscore between my first and last name because someone else had my username <sighs> for years oh. on Instagram. You know, Instagram, there's like, I don't know, like a billion users. So it was bound to happen on one of those sites. But yeah, if you want to follow me, it's pretty much just first and last name, no underscore, or just add an underscore and you'll find me. Right. And also your, your link tree is a place where people can find you, right? So Yeah, uh, it, it needs to be updated, obviously. It does need to be um, updated, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Uh, well, Michelle, we're so... Rest, we're so, rest so, in peace all about Android. We'll miss yes. you. Yeah. We'll you'll, miss update you that. you'll update that for us. Um, uh, Michelle, we love that you're with us on the ride. And Michelle's going to be on the show uh, whenever, you know, when, whenever, whenever, whenever we got a major uh, uh, OS release or update or anything like that to dive into, all the great things that you find. Uh, I, I, sometimes I, I'm amazed by the things that you post on your Twitter that, that I don't know how you find that stuff. So uh, we, we love you, Michelle. So, um, all right, Huynh, uh where can folks follow, find you? Yeah, you can find me on my website, randomlytyping.com. I am an Android developer. That's my day job has been for, gosh, almost 12 years now, 13 years now, almost. Um, and yeah, just really happy to be back talking Android with y'all, uh, especially from a user perspective. A little bit heavy too. Um, and yeah, you can find me places at Queen Cove Monkey. That's where I'm on Instagram. I'm on Threads, of course. I clicked that button before I knew what was happening. So I got that Threads account. Uh, and yeah, really, really glad to be back here with y'all. And um, yeah, and, and DevFam, y- y'all should follow Michelle. Like he knows more about what's going on with, with Android internals right. than most of us do. So yeah, follow him. Follow exactly. me. Yeah, and- excellent. And of course, you can follow me over at RonXO. I'm RonXO pretty much wherever you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, threads. 
uh, Mastodon, Blue Sky, all that fun stuff. I'm available, and I, I'm too busy making all this work behind the scenes to pull up any of my websites on the video here. But I also do a podcast over uh, at iFanboy.com uh, every month. I pop in there and talk about TV and movies, um, and uh, I've got an awesome uh, startup called Scorbit. Go to scorebit.io if you're into pinball. We've got a mobile app you can find it in the Google Play Store um, and, and keep track of your pinball scores and fun stuff there. Um, but hey, guys, episode one in the can. This is awesome. It was a blast. Um, so as we said earlier, please get in touch and get involved. You can go to uh, androidfaithful.com, and that's where you can get all of the links to subscribe to the show, to get past episodes, listen to the current episode, anything else that you need. We're going to do our best to keep uh, the website up to date and all the cool stuff on there. Uh, so please, please, please follow us on the socials. Do what you can. Email us at contact at iFan, uh, contact at iFanboy, contact at androidfaithful.com. It's the F. I'm going to deal with that. iFanboy and Android Faithful. The two Fs are going to get me every time. Um, but yeah, so uh, that's it for this week. Uh, Android Faithful publishes every Tuesday evening. Thanks to the fine folks at Daily Tech's new, Tech News Show. We love them and we thank them for making us a part of their family. Um, subscribe over at androidfaithful.com. Email us at contact at androidfaithful.com. Uh, and uh, that's going to wrap it up. So we'll see you next week on Android Faithful. So long, everybody. See ya. Later. I need outro music. I'll do that in post. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.